Connor, how was your week today with your stock markets? I am having a very bad day. I am in no This today is one of the worst days that I've had in a long time. I am having- Welcome to Four Sheets to the Wind. Coming at you live from Austin, Los Angeles, and we got Rick down in uh, down Florida for a, uh, for a little wedding action. He's not in Florida. I'm right not now. in Florida anymore. <laughs> oh, you're back. <laughs> That's why Connor does it most. <laughs> I was oh, in man. Florida from uh, Wednesday till early today. Had to get the right. uh, early flight back. It was hell. Rick, still still in the Sunshine State, Colorado. <laughs> Sunshine State out, in shout, America. Shout out old school. But yeah, so been a rough week in the uh, markets. If you fucking if you live under a rock or you're a socialist, don't pay attention to the uh, to the Dow Jones and S and P five hundred. The coronavirus is absolutely destroying the greatest bull market run in a generation. Um. Dow was down over 3,500 points this week, but we are trucking through, we're pushing through and delivering that quality Sunday content for you. So on today's show, we touching on a little bit of NFL draft, a little bit of combine news. Combine just wrapped up today from Indianapolis. Then we'll be diving into a little debate. What does the top five NBA players under the age of 21, what does that look like? And then for our, uh, for our third sheet, a little, bit, a little bit of a deep dive into the uh, the coronavirus and the COVID-19. Our original conversation has yet to be released. It's been lost in the uh, lost in the history books due to some some inept producing. Leave it at that. And we'll wrap up with a little <laughs> wrap up with some classic cuck of the week material. And uh, bring back a bring back an oldie but a goodie. Pour some out. You remember that one for our uh, for our OG listeners, really those fans of HW. We've got hopefully a little bit less controversial for some out. Most and we also have Vern Troyer. Wait, Vern Troyer. Vern Troyer. I forgot he died. <laughs> yeah, we did a pour some out for him. I think. Oh, yeah, it's one of the OG pour some outs. <laughs> I think it was so the old one, wasn't it? <laughs> no, we did it. Didn't we remember? No, there was, was like HW? three people that died that week. Wasn't like yeah, I, I thought it was Vern Troyer and uh, not HW. Who's his wife? Barbara. Oh, it's Barbara Bush. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's also <laughs> funny. And rich. What a weird. One. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with that, we'll uh, we'll jump into the NFL draft and the uh, the combine, which is wrapped up. So I think the big the big headline. Come first one comes to mind. Joe Burrow, tiny hands, not not, not big hands. Came in at nine inches. Um, if Joe Burrow goes in the top five as he's expected to, these would be, I believe, the smallest hands since since '05 or something like that. Some there was some stat around that where it'd be the some of the smallest hands we've seen for a top five QB. So, fellas, what do, what do we think of these uh, of Joey Burrow and his his little baby hands? I don't give a fuck. Is you know this who like all hands? Pat Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes has nine and a fourth, so see, he's been doing just fine. They actually shared a nice little little Twitter, Twitter exchange, yeah, exchange over over the fact that both uh, 
little hands, but very successful. Is this the exact same thing as QB height where it just like became a notion at some point where you can't have small hands, but never, no one's ever actually deep dived into if it actually affects play. Um, what, what's your word with small hands? Just fumbling? I think so. Yeah. Ball, I think ball security would be a big one. Um, cold, cold weather, I guess like, what losing the ball, losing the ball in cold weather, having less of a ability to grip the ball. So the so also ball security. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ball security. I think. Well, I think the difference between height and this is like height is such a public stat. Like height really is, travels with you the, your the entirety of your career, just because it's probably the number one attribute listed like on your bio. In terms of like. Well, and you can see it very clearly yeah. watching games. I mean, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't. I mean, the average person is not looking up people's bios; they're just watching games and being like, "Oh, that guy's short." Yeah, but even then, it's like you when you're watching a game, you you can't really tell who's six four and who's six two. Yeah, but there's also not a big difference between six four and six two. Yeah, that's true. Like you could tell, like Kyler Murray's short. You could tell, yeah, yeah, is short. You could tell Russell Wilson's short. Mm-hmm. You could tell Flacco and uh, Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, so I mean, I think this is yes, I think this is like height, but probably even dumber. Like unless your hands were just absurdly small. Then you probably wouldn't even got at this point. I mean, one of the things that was one of the things that I would always see like NFL scout type people talk about with Joe Burrow during the year was his ball security and how he always holds onto it with two hands, anyways. Mm. Like really good fundamentals in regards to that. Mm -hmm. Where he always has two hands on the ball, so I feel like that would just negate any like major concerns about ball security, anyways. Uh, This is this is a non item for me much like we got into a huge qb height argument last year (laughs) um yeah i even i think this is pretty pretty asinine personally i don't yeah give a damn about hand size unless you have like the like your hands aren't big enough to grip the ball which then which you probably wouldn't be a quarterback i really don't give a fuck about the hand size thing all right yeah tiny tiny whopper hands remember that commercial like Trump, like forty five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Um, anything else from the combine? Well, I think the big oh. thing we're waiting on it did, did happen at this combine, but in a month, two is expected to be cleared and to actually hold his. Um, I think it's April sixth, maybe. Okay. He'll get cleared on March sixth, and he holds his Alabama pro day on April sixth, basically in a month. We'll get to see what Tua really looks like, and that's kind of the big day in terms of – I think it's the biggest kind of thing that's up in the air right now is well, how, how will Tua be cleared medically. Do you I think, think there's any chance he doesn't go top three? I'd, I'd um, be shocked if he makes it past the top three. I could see Chase Young getting picked over him, but I'd be shocked if anyone else got picked uh, over him. Given the fact that both the Lions and the Giants have made it clear that pick three and pick four are uh, open for business, as they say, I'd be pretty surprised if the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Colts, one of those top 10, top 15 teams that needs a QB doesn't make the jump up for three or four. Well, there was a lot of 
there was a lot of rumor mill going on with the Colts interested in uh, ah fuck what's the guy from Utah State Love is that his name Oh Jordan Love yeah I saw a lot I, of I was gonna that. say then I actually hadn't seen that I was gonna say the, the Colts have been the one most seriously linked to Philip Rivers also I thought Tampa Bay was. I've heard the Colts the most, but I've also heard some Tampa Bay connection. Didn't he like but buy I guess he, Tampa? He bought a house in Florida, but that isn't necessary. You could still be in. Well, he's really like, in Indianapolis. Isn't that close to Florida? But I don't necessarily think it really matters. I think he could live there. He could live in Florida in the off season and then still go play anywhere yeah. for the season. Yeah, yeah. I really have no draft thoughts at this time, so I'll let you guys uh, steer this one. Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be pretty surprised if someone doesn't trade up to three or four to uh, to make a move for for Tua. I'm fully expecting him to get a passing grade and be medically cleared and all that stuff. If Even you like Tua, would you take? If you were like the Lions, would you take Tua if you liked him? Mm, that's tough. I mean, yeah, I think you can still win with Stafford. He's, I'm just not. I don't have visibility into Stafford's medicals, which I hope the I Lions. You expect the Lions too. I I feel like it would almost depend on like what the Lions think their flexibility would be, like outside of the quarterback position. If they traded Stafford's salary basically for a rookie QB contract, because that mm-hmm. definitely is, is in a popular way to fast track your to team build your yeah. To fast track your title contention, draft a rookie QB, and then just go all in on those two, three years. So if they have like the flexibility outside of that position to just go sign a bunch of free agents, then maybe Mm -hmm. they'll think about that. But I feel like a bad year to try to do it with just all the veteran QBs out there. I don't know who's going to give up a ton. Well, Stafford, I put on the top end of that though, so maybe. I think is he a straight free agent though? Oh. No, no, no. Stafford has time on his, co- his yeah. last contract left. Yeah. Oh, you're just but saying, you'd have to give up something, yeah. presumably, yeah. to get him. Right. Or you can get a lot of guys for nothing this year, just given the free. This is his a lot of other options. As large right a free agent QB class we've seen, really. Um, you think that's going to impact how Tua gets drafted? I personally don't think so, but who knows? No, I think at the end of the day, I think two is a big enough talent, big enough star that I I fully expect someone to trade up to three, if not four, and get him. I mean, I think right. I think there was even a rumor this week that the lion lions, the skins at two are going to look at Tua, which is in classic oh, skins yeah. fashion, having having just drafted uh, Dwayne Haskins a year. It before might be the smart them. move, but it's just a funny skins thing to do. Well, it, Hilarious skins look. I mean, I mean, uh, like, I don't think it's. I don't think. I think it would be probably. It's no worse than like what the Cardinals did last year with Rosen and Kyler. Yeah, that's true. I guess, but I'm not. I'm not personally. I'm not out on Haskins just yet. Excuse me. We've only seen him in like six games. So, but if you're if you're more in on Tua. I don't think that should stop you from taking Tua. If you're all in on Tua. Yeah, I agree. I think you should you should go you should, for it. You should not pass on your QB of the future because you drafted a guy who you're not sold on last year. Yeah, and I guess one one thing to note, totally new regime in there. 
Same exact scenario as the Cardinals. Yeah. So that makes it more likely, I guess. I guess I think I, it's also a little different. Having Chase Young on the board, though, I think Chase Young is a bona fide 10-10 pro bowler. Potential to be. Yeah. And, I, and I'm pretty high on Haskins. Not high, but I, I'm definitely not out on Haskins. So I would I would go Chase Young if I were them. It'd also be different if, if Tua didn't have his injury history. I think Tua's not a – I'm definitely high on Tua, but it's not a lock that he's going to be Drew Brees and Russ Wilson. I believe Connor and Alex were both saying on the day of Tua's injury that Connor <laughs> would never go – never touch Tua <laughs> I think I, I think like I, a two-hour window where yeah, Connor, you, yeah, Connor and Alex thought that <laughs> might never play football again. <laughs> I think I may use the word ten-foot pole. So looking yeah. back, I definitely I've made a lot of progress in my my view of Tua. And I'm, as a Chargers fan with a six six overall pick, I'm fully in on Tua, and I hope we trade basically the house to get him at, at three or wherever need be. I would make anything on the roster short of Derwin James and Joey Bosa, probably. Maybe even Bosa, honestly, available to get Tua. Damn, really? You would trade with the, the 10-foot pick pole and Joey mortgage, Bosa? Mortgaging the team's future on him. <laughs> what? You would trade Bosa and the sixth pick for Tua? That seems like a lot. I'm, I didn't necessarily say that. I'm saying like in pieces. <laughs> like. You did just say that. <laughs> No, I said I'm saying maybe just Bosa for the, for the pick, or maybe just a six pick and something else. I'm not saying Bosa and six pick. Okay. I don't know what would it take to go from six to call it three, a first, a third, and another first, maybe something like that. Depends how many suitors there are, probably. Yeah, it depends who wants him. I feel like there could be a decent amount of people trying to trade up, but. I mean, anyone with a higher pick in this year's draft trying to trade up than the Chargers? I think the Dolphins would be the only one who really wants a QB, I don't think. Yeah. The Giants have Daniel Jones at four and the Lions. I guess the Lions could take him, but I don't think they will. I think they're going to take Jeff Okuda, the Ohio State corner right now, if I had to guess. All right, well, I got no more thoughts on this. No, we'll talk more yeah, NFL draft we'll have later. I think so. Stuff in the future. All right, moving along here. Sheet two, we've got a little debate. We'll do a, give a nice hat tip to to our favorite Get Up Morning Show. All right, okay, how long do you think this segment's going to take? Forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Get Up, the Get Up Boys did it in about eight minutes. We'll see. We'll see how we do here, but. Given that Luca just turned 21 on Friday night in South Beach, no less. Happy birthday to Luca! Jason Tatum turns 21 in two days, so we'll be ranking the uh, the top five players, top five NBA players that we would want for the next 15 seasons. Wait, Tatum turned 22. Did you say 21 or 22? They both. Luca just turned 21. You're right. Luca just turned 21. Tatum turns 22 on Wednesday. So Wednesday. We're ranking the top five players who are 21 and under as of today. Who would you want for the next 15 seasons, basically? So we'll do this once with Tatum and then also once without Tatum? Yeah. Just for I don't know if we need two lists. 
Dude, you just have to pick one more guy. <laughs> uh, like you're making right, a right. separate list. <laughs> you're just shifting just everyone. Okay, okay. So we're all right. So we're giving top, essentially top six then. Yeah. Um. So do we want to start with the the bottom up or the top down? I I say we start at the top because I think there's yeah, some so- fairly obvious ones. Okay. Yeah, starting head on. I feel, like, I feel like there could be a debate for the top spot, but okay. Well, well not necessarily order, but guy, guys that are definitely going to be on this list. So there's a clear top four if you're including Tatum, and then there's a clear top three if you're not including Tatum. No, well, actually, I agree yeah, that some people might some people might disagree. Whatever. Let's just let's just get right into it. <laughs> top spot, Connor. Who's your top pick? Top pick, uh, number one, under the age of 22, I'm going Luca. I think Luca's a generational talent. I I very much regret not going harder for him on our draft pods and backing Aiden at one to the Suns. I fully think Luca's a generational player. Has really demonstrated no injury history. Um, he's getting triple doubles at an astonishing rate. Here. Nothing, nothing serious though. Mm, yeah. But still, he's. I think he's a. I think he's a generational ability to make his team better around him, like uh, in the same vein as LeBron, Larry Bird. I think he's well on his way to 10, 15 All Stars, All Pros, and uh, yeah, without without doubt for me, it's um, it's Luca at one. So I actually picked Zion for number one. So off the top, some some disagreement. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to like go in like I would be totally cool with Luca. I mean, that was definitely the toss up for me, Luca or Zion. I just, mm-hmm. Zion is just so, so just transformative. And I mean, he's played what, 12 games already and has just turned the Pelican season around. I guess they were playing pretty well before he came back, but. He's averaging like 20-something points a game already. And just watching him play, he's just another level athletic. Um, He's a guy who can't be stopped. He's a great passer. He's going to open up a lot of options for all of his teammates. Um, We've already seen, like, this isn't a team with great spacing, and he's absolutely thriving with that anyways. Um, So you can only imagine, like, when a team is more tailored to his – skill set i think and he's been able to play mm-hmm. as a five he's been able to play alongside fives um he's just been so good and just watching him play he's just such a freak of nature that i'd rather have that guy than anyone else i think but that being said luca is you know right there i mean i would have no qualms with taking luca number one on this list for all the reasons you said he's He's a guy who you absolutely run your offense through, which is kind of what you need now. The Giannis, Harden, LeBron, Luka types where you basically just give them the ball, put shooting around them, and your offense is going to be dynamite. Yep, I feel similarly in the sense that I would it was Luka or Zion for me, one, two. And I'd have no qualms going either. Either of those guys I'd bring to Luka Zion. But it sounds to me like yeah, the injury well. history is the reason that you picked Luca? Is that a fair assessment, Connor? Yeah, just concerns about 
concerns about that he missed some time at Duke. He's missed time this year, obviously. And then just the build, I think, is a little more questionable. Mm-hmm. I do I do ultimately think that Zion's going to be fine. He's not going to have an injury-riddled career. He's not going to be the next Grant Hill by any means. But I just think it's a little, little bit less of a sure thing. Um, I really think I'm a big advocate of a guy who needs to spend a full NBA, a full season in an NBA weight room. You get with a personal chef. You get with a, a team that's going to le- like learn how to build a diet plan around you. And I think he'll ultimately be fine. The weight's not going to be an issue. But I think it's a, I don't know if it's if you're picking nits here, that's an easy one for me to to go one way or the other. Sure, I think Rick, the, who's your I, I'll pick Luca. I'll pick Luca too. Um, pretty much same thing. Could go either way. Also, just the just the three point shot a little bit. I think Zion could become a decent shooter, and but he's just going to be a guy that always needs spacing where. Luca is pretty much plug and play. You're not. See, I you feel can build like Zion a good team around effective it. without spacing with like, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But I think you'll eventually run into issues where if he gets jammed up in the middle, sure. Just, sure. and then just take, I've just seen it a little longer from Luca as well. Yeah. Those are I, all fair. I players. do not discount anything Zion's done so far, but. Just I guess another thing, this was not really in our criteria that we talked about, but if you guys were factoring in, like, say you were the owner versus a general manager, so your goal is not exactly, it is to win a title, but on top of that, for business purposes, how Mm -hmm. much of the Zion versus Luca impact do you think? Oh, yes. It's a good point. Yeah, for an owner, I would definitely switch that out. That's not a bad point, I guess. I was, I think we're all talking from a general manager perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um. Hmm. Would you change your? I mean, I I think for trying to factor in that, I would definitely change it. I think Zion. Yeah. I think I think I think it's the next LeBron in terms of star. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week, I think, but I mean, he's the most exciting player to watch in the league right now, right? I would say so, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else, maybe Giannis, maybe LeBron still. Um, a guy yeah, we're going to put Giannis in there. Later. I think Jaws pretty exciting to watch, but he's not super consistent. Um. Kawhi, I guess, can be. I don't really know. In terms of owner, like a star for an owner, I definitely don't put it in the same. I think Zion is the best thing to come out of the draft since LeBron in terms of excitement. Agreed. Oh, yeah. This early, I agree. KD was as good of a prospect, but definitely not as nearly as exciting just like the style of play. I push back on that a lot. Simmons always fucking talks about how Zion's the best prospect since KD. But, like, I just don't see how you can make that argument when KD was the number two pick in the draft and no one really had issues with that at the time. I I disagree with that. I mean, Greg Oden, you got to remember this was, what, over 10 years ago we were – Back to the back to the basket centers was a way bigger deal. Odin was seen as the next was being compared to Bill Russell. 
And I guess how can like, you say that this is the best prospect we've ever had since a guy who didn't even go number one, and it wasn't even like a universally crushed yeah. decision? Like, how can you make that case? That's what I don't. Wait, understand. So why don't? What are you arguing that he's the best like, prospect since LeBron? Yeah, that KD yeah, is that KD deserves to be in that very conversation. Overrated prospect. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I think if you can, when, when do you stop being is like a pro, you stop being a prospect as soon as you get drafted? Yes, that, that, that's yeah, what okay. I'm talking about. This, yeah, coming out of college slash high school. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. Then I mean, he I, was I, he, he was very arguably not even the most hyped prospect in his own year. Because he wasn't the number one pick, and people were pretty universally okay with that. Whether that's how the league was at the time or not is doesn't make a difference. Yeah, it, he was the. I don't know. KD was the first freshman to ever win National Player of the Year. So was Greg it, Oden. Is it a difference between that people just messed up? Like, should he? Was he the talent of being that? Worthy level prospect and people just weren't seeing it, right? I, I think there's definitely. I think some. Of, I think some of the league for sure would have taken him over Odin. If you had a center, you, for example, the Lakers. I think with Bynum, you would have taken KD over Odin. Okay, that's a fair argument. But what I'm saying is that how can you be the most hype prospect since X prospect when X prospect wasn't even the number one pick in his draft? That's all I'm saying. Mm, all right. Like, how hyped were you really when, you know, a team passed on you? And not only did a team pass on you, but you weren't even getting killed for passing on the guy. Like, I feel like Darko Milicic, you know, people kind of crushed that at the time. Everyone was like, why the hell wouldn't you pick Carmelo, you know? But mm-hmm. Ray Godin, I don't remember people being like, oh, wow, how could you pass up KD? Like, this is a terrible pick, yada, yada, yada. All right, well, fine. Best prospect since LeBron, I guess. I don't know. I think KD was a huge prospect. Was Greg Oden a huger prospect? They were both huge prospects. <laughs> okay, so maybe he's the most hyped prospect since Greg Oden. Fine, just most most <laughs> most hyped prospect since 07. Of the- <laughs> For, I yeah. I understand where you're coming from because it's just it's obviously they bunch of people fucked up and not well I think yeah no it's definitely obvious that I don't care what career Odin had he could have been, <laughs> he could have been like the greatest center of all time and I would say that was probably a mistake not taking him over KD or taking him over KD <laughs> the greatest center of all time <laughs> Rick would have been calling him out as a mistake I mean, it would be a very slight mistake, but. <laughs> okay. All right. We've, we've gone down a rabbit hole. I mean, how good would Aiden have to be for, for you to not think that not taking Luca is a mistake? Yeah, uh, that, that's actually a pretty good comparison. You see what I'm saying? It just the way the NBA is played now. I mean, Katie yeah. might be the greatest scorer we've ever had. Okay, yeah. Yeah. If you're factoring in like how the league was like, being at the forefront of how the league was going to change for sure, then that that makes it more of a mistake. But I feel like that was a little bit early for that the movement. Like you would have been for sure. 
sure. You'd have had like a shit ton of foresight if that's what you're drafting for. All right, we, we've we've gotten off track. Yeah. <laughs> should, we, should we pick up with our number three spot? Yeah. So mine, um, I picked Tatum for this one. What you? Got? I agree with you. Yeah, I have t- I had Tatum. I went back and forth between Tatum and Jaw, but I think there's I don't know. I think it's harder to find a, a go-to scorer like Tatum, which the last 10, 15 games Tatum has really upped at a level. This season he's been up a level, and even the last 10 games he's took up another level. I think he's proven that he really can be that go-to scorer. Plus wing guys which I think, are the most valuable position in the league. That's what I'm saying. A go-to wing like that, whereas there's there's a wealth of point guards. I think Jaw is definitely above pretty much every. Every other point guard, I have him at four, but I would take a wing player like Tatum. Caught you really bucket with dispense with our list by just saying who your next guy. <laughs> but yeah, I I think Tatum's been great. I mean, he could shoot threes really well. He's a guy who can be your go-to score in the crunch time. He's proved to be a pretty competitive defender. Um, and he's at that perfect size where he can guard multiple positions. Um, yep. He's been, getting, nine. he's been getting in the free throw line a lot more consistently, which is, you know, great analytics wise. Um, yeah. Tatum's been, Tatum's been really good. And I think he's clearly in the top three for this discussion. Unless you, we had this discussion next week, then he would be disqualified. All right. Yeah, no I don't problem. have much more to add. We'll just it, he's just taken it to another level in the last like two, three months. Or so Rick, deserves to be in this list. Who do you have for your number four? Then are you? So I'm Connor. Or are you uh, switching up here? I'm I'm very much debating. I don't know. I think I'm Jack um, Nicholson gifting right now. <laughs> I would consider putting SGA in there over Jaw. Ooh. 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 Okay. Let's hear why. It's like very close, but in my mind, SGA. I don't know. Jaw's already had so much success with his team, though. It's hard to say that. Again, like just seeing SGA for a little bit longer, and he's just a. Perfect point guard for today's day and age, and Jaw fits all that same stuff. Um, I guess it just comes down to seeing him for a little longer, and Jaw I feel like is a little bit more flash right now than actual actual uh, production. His flash so. Is outshining his uh, per, yeah his substance a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I get Not that. that he hasn't been good, but. Yeah, so I'm going with Jaw also. And for me, it was sort of like the point Rick was making that about why you would be pro Jaw, I guess, is that he has had success already. I mean, he's leading a team that everyone thought was not going to do anything, was going to be fighting for a top draft spot. And he's got them currently in the eighth seed right now. 
Uh, he just dropped like what twenty seven points on the top seed Lakers last night in a win. Um, so not only is he having these flashy plays that are going to be showing up on Instagram and house uh, highlights and all that stuff, but he's also been leading a super young team to to making the playoffs so far, and that's you know really impressive. I think as a rookie. So I'm going with Jaw. He, the one concern, this is sort of back to what we were talking about with Tatum and defense, is SGA definitely is more versatile defender for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but AS, And SGA can also play like off the ball too. Off the ball more, yeah. Jaw's yeah. going to be. He's, just, he's got a lot more versatility him. than Jaw, which, you know, can be good, but also it's kind of nice to have a guy who can just sort of run your offense. So I'm going with Jaw. I actually don't even have SGA in my top five in the Tatum list. Okay. All right, then uh, what's your five then, Aaron? My five is actually Trey Young. So I was debating actually between three guys for this spot. Trey Young, SGA, and Jaron Jackson Jr. And I ultimately went with Trey Young just because the league is just so offensive-based and Trey Young is just putting up monster numbers and uh, he's also an incredible passer in addition to scoring. Um, And I think he's been – his defense is just so bad that – it's tough to judge him, but like he's the opposite of the case I was making for jaw where jaw's been putting up or jaw's been getting wins and leading the team to the playoffs where Trey young has not really done that whatsoever. So that's sort of my concern. Whereas other two guys, SGA and Jaron Jackson have been proven valuable on winning teams and Trey young hasn't, but he's been getting just monster numbers. So I ultimately went with Trey because I think that he's going to have the potential to um, eventually win. I don't think he's like the reason they're losing. His roster is much worse than the rosters those other two guys have played on. Um, but I'd like to hear what you guys think about that. I'm sure Connor's going to be anti Trey Young uh, <laughs> in his top five. Yep. So my top five, we have the top four of. Of Luca, Zion, Tatum, Jaw. Debated the fifth pick. Um, JJJ was in consideration. I ultimately ended up going with SGA for my number five. Um, I think, obviously, to consider Trey Young, the reasons I went for SGA over Trey, give me a player at 6'6 with a 6'11 wingspan. I think he's going to be a lot more valuable on defense. He can guard one through three effectively. He was the biggest piece that they got back in the Paul George trade. And I think a lot of people wrote off the thunder, the, the total rebuild mode to trade Chris Paul and SGA has been a huge reason why they've, they've been, they've put out a really competitive outfit this year. I think SGA makes his team better around him. Um, I pushed back a little bit. I don't think they're, I don't think the thunder roster is necessarily that much is light years better than the Hawks roster. Oh, dude, go, I think, come on, man. Oh, I think that I, I would say if there's an argument, down, I think the Memphis one would be the the better argument. Yeah, I think yeah, sure. the better argument. I think 
I think the Thunder is actually a really, really well-built team. Yeah, Gallinari, Chris Paul, Steven Adams. Uh, no, no, people were saying – people were advocating that Chris Paul should demand a trade and they should blow up that team this yeah. year. I think that's – I mean, we're doing this – no one's saying that now, though. They haven't said that for the last like. I think I think SJ being so good has been a huge part of that, though. He made SJ's made a huge jump this year, and I think people were saying that this could I be think like SJ a was pretty good last year. I put yeah, I think OKC was like. I think people said uh, this could be a not this good, but like a, a sleeper nine ten, and you have all these yeah. you have all these picks and stuff, so it might be better to just get rid of that Chris Paul contract and be able to have that flexibility to build into the future while maybe getting a better draft pick this year. Yeah. I, I think, think that that's why people wanted to blow it up. Not that they were going to be really, really trash. All right. Well, if you want to argue the I, Memphis roster and say, Hey, like jaws winning, why can't Trey young win? I think the Memphis roster is a much better argument I mean, he's got Jaron Jackson Jr., who's another one of these guys on the list. So that's a better piece than anyone Trey's playing with. But after that, it's like Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Dylan Brooks, Brooks, Brandon Clark. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess they had uh, what's his face most of the year that, but they traded him, Jay Crowder. But like none of those guys are like Jaron Jackson Jr. is good, and I think Dylan Brooks is solid. Brandon Clark's solid. Clark's been good this year as a rookie, but but Trey Young. All right, maybe that's a better apples apples comparison. But regardless, I'm still picking SJ over Trey Young. I think Trey Young has been elevated a lot by the fact that his roster is not doing anything. He gets to just go out and chuck it up. Can it, so can Trey Young get to like a play like a Harden type role? I think is the question on a I don't winning think the team. team. I don't think on a winning team. I'm not definitely not sold on that yet. I think a big reason he's getting these stats is because he's on maybe, a bad. Maybe team. not he's a winning a team and a like a his offense team. efficiency gets like solid though, even though he's putting up monster numbers. It's their defense that's why they lose it's, all these games. And he's yeah, amazing. I mean, he's he's the worst defender in the league, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that is definitely the concern with him. I think his option. Give me someone with a six eleven wingspan over to the a total a absolute sieve on defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's really what it's going to come down to between Trey Young and I guess SGA over who's a better player. I guess for me, I would just take the guy who I know is going to be a productive. You have this guy on your team, and your offense is going to be a, you know probably above average for his the entire time he's on your team um and then try and figure out i feel like you can put good defenders around that guy and you'll be able to win games whether you'd be able to win a lot of the playoffs that's another conversation entirely but um for this argument i would take the guy who i think is going to be almost an automatic productive offense for any team he's on for the next 10-ish years. I would push back a little bit on that, but the Hawks are bottom seven offense right now with Trey. Yeah, I'm projecting. Where have they been? 20, John? 24th, in offensive, 24th in offensive rating right now with it being the Trey show. Sure, sure. I Yeah, I'm projecting though. 
Yeah, I mean, that roster is just so bad. It's hard to save. Yeah, and John Collins was out for most of the year, so I'd be curious what their numbers are with since John Collins has been back. Since he's back. So yeah, that'd be that SJ would round up round out my top five. So who would be your if you're if we're eliminating Tatum, we're doing this debate next week, who would you guys sub in? I would go SGA. Actually no, I was going to go JJJ. Yeah, I was gonna say I'd probably give me JJJ. I still think JJJ's game is super interesting. I think he's definitely gonna benefit being next to Jaw. Mm-hmm. But having having a having a five who can I think he's a pretty prototypical five potentially, the way the league is going. Totally. As much as I love as much as I love Aiden, Aiden uh Aiden's been tearing it up also, honestly, since he got back from his drug sus- suspension. But it feels like it's clicked a little bit more early for JJJ. Yeah, I think, it's bit, it's I think Aiden has though. a chance, but I think if you're just projecting straight up, yeah, straight just based off how the modern NBA works, who's going to be able to be on winning teams? I would say JJJ, but I put Trey Young probably in my last slot. Okay, I, I think he's just got higher potential than JJJ. Yeah. All right, great. Well, uh, should we uh, move on then, I guess? I feel like we kind of covered everyone we needed to cover. Do we want to do any just honorable mentions, guys, that we considered? Yeah, so the other other folks that made the uh, – we just threw in the list potentially. Michael Porter, no particular order. Michael Porter Jr. has been doing some interesting things in Denver as he recovers from his uh, horrific back injuries. I think him being a get, being a go to scorer for that team would be huge. Actually, I think Porter Jr. out of all these uh, honorable mentions is by far the most interesting. Where if I had to pick one of these guys to jump in, say in ten years, out of like mm-hmm. oh, like I can't believe you didn't have this guy in your top five. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Porter Jr.'s the the one with the most upside potential for sure. Yeah, I think Bagley has that. No, I don't. Okay. I still like Bagley, but I, see, I totally see where it's coming from, Aaron. Um, I mean, Porter, I think, is just uber-talented. This guy was the number one ranked guy in his high school class before he was devastated by that back injury. And we've, I think he fits, actually. We have just no like data on this guy compared to all the other ones, I feel like. like yeah, that, that's he, why he barely, barely played at Bagley. the zoo. Bagley had a super good stretch last year and just – Hasn't been yeah, able to been, play enough this year. Yeah, he's been quiet this season. Um, so well, I thought he only played him, thirteen games. So hurt. yeah. Other than Porter on the honorable mentions, we had uh, Bagley, Wendell Carter Jr. in Chicago, R.J. Barrett, who's been um, pretty damn bad actually in the Knicks. I saw a uh, graph this morning in terms of uh, I think what what was it? PIPM, some analytics stat. He was like the worst rookie this year. Hmm. Uh, Marco Fultz, I threw in the list. Fultz, is, Fultz actually had a nice little renaissance. I don't know why up. we included. Fultz, yeah. <laughs> you threw that in. That we, <laughs> included. Anyone else or missed anything in terms of uh, honorable mentions? No, I think you almost could cut RJ Barrett out of this list. I feel like we just had to throw him in there because he's a big name rookie. I would, I, yeah, I would really only throw Bagley and Porter Jr. in. I think. 
Mm, I, we touch on Wendell Carter Jr. is kind of like a poor man's uh, JJJ. I feel like just sort I of. I think like he's a pretty low, damn poor uh, man's. Uh, he's been solid defensively. He's also been hurt a lot in his career. I think so far, right? Yeah, he's had a couple injuries. I'm pretty sure. Kobe White is another effort talking Chicago. Kobe White balled out. I guess a couple games good ago. Week. Yeah, good week. I don't know if it's enough to but no, get him on this list just no, quite no. yet. Hell no. Hell no. All right. That that sums up the that conversation, I guess, right? Yep. All right, moving along here. So the next thing we're gonna to touch on is the uh, the old COVID nineteen. It's been a uh, it's been a week, let me tell you. I'm as someone who spends a lot Do of time on the Stephen A audio. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who spends a lot of time on finance Twitter and someone who watches uh, about probably 40 hours a week of CNBC, definitely more than I need to. It's on <laughs> it, my mind. The entire time you're at work, is that the 40 hours you're talking about? <laughs> That'd be it. That'd be it. It is on my mind constantly. So sometimes I question am I too, too into this because, because of the, the way I consume my media. But I, I think it's safe to say this is probably the biggest um, health scare, biggest pandemic of our lifetime. There's been a couple. There's been a couple ones that have uh, had potential and never really, never really made it. SARS in the early 2000s, MERS. I don't even remember. Um, Ebola in Africa in 2016. Zika at a flashpoint, but none of these really elevated to the point where they were concerns for regular Americans like us. Whereas now we're def- this past week, especially, we've reached the point where hand sanitizer is sold out at Costco, Amazon, and Target and Walmart. Um, people are buying masks in bulk. It's on. It's on the news constantly. As Which I mentioned, the today is open public service announcement that is bad for people to be doing. I've read. I've read that too. It's because the masks don't really help you, and you need to save them for actual health officials. Right? Is that the reason? Yeah, that's correct. So four sheets to win. Educating the masses. Don't buy your. I masks. would. If I had a chance to buy masks, I totally would. I just I didn't have a chance to. <laughs> I, th- I thought about picking one up for my flight this morning. I didn't guess we're going to be on a flight. It. That's a little bit different. But like, there is a ton of people wearing masks in the airport. I bet. I just don't think it's a bad idea to have them. Like, it's just, just me. T- tell the masses, sure, but I'm special and I want to own my own mask, you know? My my pop poked up uh, 50 masks. So. Why do you um, buy 50? <laughs> It was a 50 pack. <laughs> That's why health officials are struggling to get them because people are buying 50 for one col- one couple. <laughs> yeah, well, so, um, yeah, as I mentioned at the, at the open, the Dow crashed about 3,500 points, and I saw a 12% retraction from all-time highs. Really the only thing I could knock off this, this bull market. Um, so, yeah, people are concerned. People are scared, I think. I've been – there hasn't been too much in terms of like communication from coming out of my work, but I'm mentally preparing myself to, uh, if I had to work from home for a couple of weeks, I don't think it's crazy. The next step. I just heard this morning that, um, Japan is shutting schools for the next month. And what's an interesting point when you shut schools, I didn't even think of this as just a, a 25 year old who lives in an apartment by myself. But if you shut schools, you almost have to shut down. You also almost work. have to mandate work from home. Yeah. If half of your half your employees have children and the kids can't go to school, then you need someone to watch the kids. 
And you can't just have half your employees, oh, half your employees get to work from home and take care of their kids and the other half have to come in. That doesn't really track either. I mean, you so probably could you, do that somewhat. Yeah, but then you get into, oh, is it, is it fair who gets to work from home and who doesn't? I don't. Then I think you'd be like, oh, I don't feel safe. I, don't, I think it's dirty to come into work. You know, the people who had to come in would say, oh, it's unfair to me because I'm being put in danger. All right, I guess... Yeah, but there might be some people who still want to come into work, I guess. Uh, okay, fine. That's fair. But I think you have to if – you, if the school would close, I think you have to give the option to all employees to work from home. Yeah, that's, that's definitely uh, – So I mean, yeah, what else are you going to do? You'd be costing your employees a lot of money to – and sending your kids to daycare things, which, which defeats is, Yeah, defeats the point. Exactly, so – if that can happen in Japan and South Korea, the way that the virus is moving, it's we're probably about three weeks behind them in terms of where we are in terms of total cases and deaths and all that. We're kind of where Japan was three weeks ago or so. Yes. So I don't think it's crazy to see that happen in America. I do think, though, like the distance, like just general proximity has to count for something. Um, yeah, general proximity. I like think I don't think – like just the amount of people moving in between Japan and Korea and China, whereas like the the heart of the infest or whatever you want to call it, um, mm-hmm. like there's just going to be way more people getting infected, I think, than in America. Um, that's not to downplay how serious it can get in America, but I mean, in terms of total numbers, there's a report I think on Thursday that came out that 8,400 folks came from China into California. So they're those that's 80, that's over 8,000 people that are potential, potentially infected. And it's living, it's like the state before you start showing symptoms. Well, it doesn't show immediately. Yeah. But how many people were coming from China to Japan is what I'm saying, or China to Korea. My guess is it's a lot more than 8,400. Yeah. But given how potent the virus could be, I think 8,400 is enough to, Potentially have a lot of cases in America. No, totally, totally. I think it's a very serious issue for America. I just, I could, I wouldn't be surprised if it never gets to the point that it is in East Asia, basically. Like, could that be wrong? 100%. Could it totally blow up in America? 100% it could. My guess, though, is that it won't, but we'll see. Another theory I've heard tossed out would be. Um, so it, viruses don't tend to do well um, in warm in the humidity in the warm weather, but it could. Be, I guess that this is the path the the Spanish flu of 1918, 1919 took was it started you did your first wave in the spring, dies down in the summer, and then comes back with a vengeance in the fall. Assuming we don't have a, a vaccine by then, which vaccines I've heard it could take about a year to get a effective vaccine through animal trials, human trials, all that testing. So if we don't have a, a solution or a way to address this by September, October of, of uh, 2020, it could kind of be like a multi, like a double top basically in terms of infected folks. Yeah. I, I don't know much about that, but yeah. Um, so what does pandemic actually mean? I know there was a piece that came out today that said it's likely within 30 days to be a pandemic. 
I don't know what the difference is. We had a pa- have we had a pandemic in like recent history? I think the most recent one might, may have been I guess, the. I guess AIDS Spanish might flu. be a pandemic. Okay, here's, here's the here's the definite difference between epidemic and pandemic. Epidemic is a term that is broadly used to describe any problem that's grown out of control, defined as an outbreak of a disease that occurs over a wide geographic area and affects an exceptionally high proportion of the population. Epidemic is an event that is actively spreading. In contrast, the term pandemic relates to geographic spread and is used to describe a disease that affects an entire country or the entire world. So pandemic just sounds like it's more specific to global, whereas epidemic can global, be yeah. anything. Yes, I, mean, I think ep- like for Zika was an epidemic in certain countries in Africa. Wasn't it Brazil yeah. also? Oh, was it Brazil? Oh, yeah, I think it was South America, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, okay. Zika was in South America, whereas pandemic is it's a much wider like geographic scale. This one's definitely reached geographic scale. We've already seen Italy quarantine a bunch of places um iran Iran. yeah iran is actually this is kind of an interesting point that iran is they're saying it's struggling it's struggling with way more than other countries because of the way that the government kind of addressed it they tried to play it down there's an upcoming there's an election i guess in the week upcoming so they tried to basically not scare folks away from coming out to the polls so I tell them, by telling all your people that, oh, it's it's not something to worry about, you should still continue with your day-to-day life. That was a contributing factor in why it's hitting them so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, they've refused to shut down mosques, which are, uh, I mean, commu- like that's how it spreads. Is you have a fuck ton of people congregating in a community. So by keeping these like religious sites open, they're kind of putting their people at risk, I think, more than other areas. Yeah, I mean, we haven't done anything like that in America yet, though, either. That's true, but I mean, you have you've seen a couple um, like conferences shut down. Yeah, of Workday, Facebook, um, to name just name it, a couple of tech companies that shut down their annual. The Olympics will probably be canceled. I think. Yeah, yeah, I definitely I wouldn't be shocked. The the longest serving member of the IOC came out this week and said that if we can't basically get it done at if we can't get it done at the time we think it's going like the scheduled time, we're just gonna cancel it. We're not gonna postpone it and try to hold it later. Yeah. Like I'd be pretty shocked if Japan was ready to rock and roll in July. Yeah, especially the fact that it's in Asia, it makes it Yeah. Twice. I mean, they'll make a decision soon. I'm sure because I'm sure preparations have already started. So, I can I wouldn't be shocked. Also, the way that happens is countries just start pulling out like ahead of it, and then it, it's kind of like a it reaches a critical mass where enough countries pull out, and they have to cancel it if they don't do it ahead of time anyway. Hmm. So. How long do you think it's going to take for, you know, a lot of cases to really start hitting America? We already saw our first death on Friday in Washington. Yeah. Um, man, let's check, I'd say let's check back in a week. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, in a week or two it starts elevating just based on kind of the – The exponential the growth of yeah. things. Yeah. Just if we follow the same growth curve that Japan, South Korea, and Italy did, I think this time in 
seven to ten days if it starts spiking would be crazy. Totally. Um, I guess in terms of bringing this back to the markets, I do ultimately. I still <laughs> we don't have I, to I bring want, this back to the markets, Connor. <laughs> I do still want this to, or I want to believe that this will be a, ultimately proved to be a buying opportunity. But I, time will tell. I've I've got I've got cash on the sidelines, ready to deploy, and I would like this to be a buying opportunity. But I'm I guess I'm less confident than I was a week ago. I'll put I'll say that for sure. All right. I have no idea. I've, I've been following the markets on vacation. It's a good week to be on vacation. Not for potentially getting the coronavirus, but for not paying attention to any of this news or the markets. Yeah. The markets were just a bloodbath. I think uh, the thing that I've been seeing a lot is comparisons to 9 11, where people aren't exactly sure what like ramifications are. I mean, China's shutting down just a ton of production and factories and just business in general. I saw one thing today that basically the nitrogen dioxide detected by satellites has already decreased significantly in China just because people aren't using like fossil fuel burning vehicles. Yeah. Their factories aren't running. Yeah. So people are just staying home, not doing stuff. So I feel like there's going to be just so many random for climate change. consequence. Yeah, I was thinking that. Good for climate change. <laughs> what's, the, what's the more long-term issue? You know? I did see, though, that they China has, like, this week, they started sending people back to work. Like, they they closed them for a, the factories for a certain amount of time, and then this, like, last week, they started sending people back to work to basically like, not, not kill the GDP. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy also that maybe China has a second wave a bit, like, it dies down, but then comes back a little bit. Yeah. I think there's still people that are probably sick or have some symptoms or like, but you're, I'm going to push through. I mean, China's very much like a, well, the craziest thing about this is that this, the symptoms are so hard to detect and it's extremely hard to test for this thing. So that's another reason why I feel like a lot of cases are going unreported. I saw there was a Reddit blog post that went viral. Granted, like how can you verify this was not just some person just posting um and it had any validity but it was basically saying that in they were in new york traveled from japan i think and were showing pretty like like clear symptoms of coronavirus and went to the doctor and they ran a few tests that all came back negative but to do the specific test is much more involved, I guess. And there's not a lot of test kits for it or whatever. And so basically because this was a young, healthy adult, they just said, all right, well, you don't have any like fatal symptoms. So we're just going to say you're clear and you can go back to your daily life. Yeah. I think I'd seen the same, the same thing. Definitely, definitely concerning. Um, I've actually heard that we don't really have the ability to test it very effectively in the States mm-hmm. compared to Japan and South Korea. Yeah. I'm not sure the test, the, the test uh, kits are required, I'm not up to, up to date on that, but it is a bit concerning that we don't have the ability to test it. And similarly to like what you were describing in Iran, like Trump clearly does not want this to be like a thing. He's yeah. in the downplaying mode. Like sounds like the Iran leaders were, where he doesn't want the markets to, 
you know, react negatively at all to the news. And he's, he's already out there calling it a, a hoax and all that stuff. So that was, yeah, that was definitely very concerning. I, it was a, at a rally on Friday. Trump said that is the de- quote unquote, the Democrats latest hoax. So I think I've, I'm very much against that kind of that, using that language. Yeah, very much a political issue. Yep. I think I did watch the full um, press conference he gave yesterday. It seemed like he was definitely, he was taking a little bit more seriously. Didn't use the word hoax. Um, Pence was good. Fauci, um, Anthony Fauci is kind of renowned as the, the foremost expert in America on these kind of viral diseases, I think. So I think it's good that we're, we're using him prominently. So hopefully we start taking this a little bit more seriously. We'll see, uh, we'll see if this kind of rhetoric changes in the days and weeks to come. Yeah. And I mean, the head of the CDC, she's been saying that, uh, you know, expect basically the worst sort of in America. Like it, the things that are happening around the world are, there's a very real chance they happen in America basically. So four sheets to win listeners. We want you guys to be prepared mentally. Be prepared. That yeah, like that we wouldn't be shocked, you know, if there's quarantining that happens around the country, especially if you're major, living in major cities. The best things I've heard you can do, wash your hands constantly like a, like a madman, 25, 20, 25 seconds hot water. Don't touch your face, which I guess the average human touches their face like hundreds of or thousands of times a day. You just subconsciously don't think about it. And uh, what was the third thing? There's one more thing, I think. It's washing your hands, don't touch your face, and something else. Take your multivitamins. Take your multivitamins. There you go. <laughs> that, I do not know if that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good, a good that's point. A good one, that's a good one. Take, just in one. general, just in general, everyone should take their multivitamins. You gotta keep that immune. Oh yeah, this is an obvious one. When you sneeze or like you cough, like cover it. It's a good one. All right, uh, everything we need to touch. Yeah. Should we move on to something a little more fun? (laughs) (laughs) Force them out, really fun. (laughs) Well, I was thinking the meme thing. Oh, I forgot about the meme thing. Right, yeah, it's more fun. It's kind of your meme. Yeah, so on today's um, – we've done meme stock market here in a while, but today's on today's segment, we wanted to take a look at one of our favorite memes. This is one uh, – I think I, I came across this on a Fin meme account, and it's since really – if I had to name my favorite meme, it would probably be this. So I'll, we'll try to verbalize it here. It's essentially four cartoon – I think they're villains or superheroes just kind of chilling. There's four of them all in a row. They're spider got this kind of – Hmm? Spider-Man villains. Oh, there's, all right. Five, there's four yeah. Spider-Man villains. And they're, uh, they just kind of got this mischievous look about them. So the way I, I t- ch- like tend to deploy this meme, it's uh, think of it like oh, the fellas are all ganging up on something, a little locker room talk, a little something, uh, a little left of center, something, something not ideal, not, uh, not exactly PC. They're, they're, they're congregating to, to talk about this. Uh, <laughs> well, something, something. You always just have your own take on what I mean, actually. Yeah, you're, yeah you always have, Connor, not a huge 
Connor is very much uh, his vision is like the vision that he thinks everyone has. <laughs> this is the right vision to have. Yeah, every, Connor always th- sees things through Connor tinted lenses. <laughs> okay, wait. Oh yeah, it's four guys. All right, here we go. Yeah, I didn't. How did you find out that that was Spider-Man villains, Rick? <laughs> I was just reading about it. Like, what did you search to read about it? I have no idea. I had no idea. No, you're me. Me. Boy, this is the official name. Well, I don't know. If it's Wait, what is it? Mean Boys? Me and the Boys. I said the Boys. Me and the right. Boys. <laughs> it's a good title for it. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm going to... Read the, read the description. Read the description for the Know Your Mean. Um, hold on. i got to go back to the website. Pulling it up. About right. is a snow clone caption used in memes. Go ahead. I, I just got Go fucking ad blocked. I just my. All right. Snow clone caption using memes in various activities. Originally popular as a hashtag and a non-ironic caption. In early 2019, paired with non-sequitur follow-ups, gained popularity. <laughs> Our okay buddy <laughs> retard subreddit and on <laughs> getting mainstream attention with 60 Spider-Man villains variations. So basically it's what is it? I had another one. Honor, I found a coffee mug with this meme on it. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> so the characters are Vulture Vulture, Electro, Green Goblin, and Rhino. That's the green goblin. <laughs> These guys just look like they're just up to no good. <laughs> All right, wait, I got a couple. So on this Know Your Meme page, they got uh, they got four examples. We'll read these off, see if we think any of these are funny. All right, number one. Twelve-year-old me showing my boys in the showing my boys the word sex in the dictionary. Number two, me and the boys looking up breasts in the dictionary. <laughs> Number three, teacher gets pregnant. Someone in class, guess what she did? Me and the boys in fifth grade. <laughs> Number four, me and the boys trick-or-treating in our 30s. <laughs> I like uh, I like it when it's used as like uh... – Talking about something with like a girl, like something about like seeing like some dudes at the bar or something like that. I forgot what, like more context where it's like basically like from a girl's perspective, seeing like a bunch of dudes, you know. <laughs> like a, I don't know. I'm trying to think of one like to build on that. Like if like you one girl like shows up to bottle service, and there's like eight guys. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like, uh, now this is going to be too wordy to be a meme, so we're going to need to truncate it. But it's like when you and all the boys are like having a pregame or something and someone invites like one girl. And so then like there's one girl and all the boys are like, you know, sort of. Like, Gosh, either shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that girl is just kind of like looking over at all the boys. 
It's like that that idea I think is the funniest part of the meme. Or like all the boys showing up on Friday night. Like Friday meet Friday beers needs to uh utilize this meme somehow. For sure. <laughs> like it's great because it's not necessarily like a. It's like the boys up to no good, but not in like a canceled way, just like in a <laughs> boys being boys kind of way. Well, you know? way. Yeah. <laughs> they could definitely, I don't know, these, these, these particular four boys could definitely be on their way to getting canceled. We don't, know, we, don't, we don't know what the future holds, though, you know? It could be up to no, it could be a boys will be boys thing, or it could be a little more mischievous. <laughs> Like I feel like it just embodies like guys who like are really trying to be cool, but they're not exactly killing it. <laughs> you know, all right. I guess that's it. I've, I've been trying to find some examples that are more up to our speed, but falling short. I feel like we've had some good just ones just in. Uh, <laughs> With ourselves. This one's kind of funny. Porn ad. Are you really watching porn alone? <laughs> Man, it's just me and the boys with the tissues and lotion. <laughs> All right. I take it. Anything else on me, me and boys meme? I love this meme. I think it's I think it's great. We might have to we'll have to think of a good one and put it out on the uh, account. Go yeah. get back to that. Yeah, we got to do. <laughs> we could bring back Connor's favorite caption when you're at the gangbang and she says, "Come inside me." <laughs> me and the boys. <laughs> Classic. All right, should we move on to pour some out? Let's do it. All right, Connor, you want to take this? You're the best at pour some out. Bring him yep, so, uh, bringing this back. We we only run one second. <laughs> I, think, I, think we, I think we self-canceled pour some out. Okay. It was so cringe how Connor handled pour some out that we just never did it again. People thought it was hilarious. If you recall, um, our original portion now, I think we remembered uh, a few folks. We lost um, it was Mac Miller. I actually forgot we remembered Mac Miller on that one. Um, Barbara Bush and late Troy. late late wife of HW, and then yeah, Vern Troyer, a little midget man, <laughs> died also. So in this week's portion out, um, someone universally loved redo of this edition of someone a little less. A little less controversial. Um, Trader Joe. Don't have his, his full name in front of me, but it's like Joe Trader Joe or some shit like that. <laughs> so Joe died this past week. Um, creator of Trader Joe's universally loved supermarket. If you're from uh, Southern California, it's a uh, got a real cult following. I think it's spread across the nation now. There's they're in New York, so they're from Sea to Shining Sea. But I've, I've been a big Trader Joe's guy my whole life. Got one. Literally a stone's throw away from my house. So, but the only place I shop now, 25 years old, still the only place I grocery shop. So, 
pour some out for our boy TJ. Mm-hmm. Love Trader Joe's. Pour some out. Rick, you got enough thoughts pour on Trader Joe's? <laughs> but I actually did happened. pour some out for Trader Joe's last night. <laughs> Fun fact, it's Trader Joe's is actually owned by a German supermarket called Aldi. <laughs> I don't really have much on Trader Joe. That is- oh, that's all I got. Pour, pour, pour some out. It is a quality established. <laughs> All right, should we move on to Cuck of the Week? Yeah, let's wrap this up here. So we got a couple nominees for Cuck of the Week. Um, look, we're not we're not like hardcore MAGA guys. We're not we're not hardcore GOP fellows. But this it's a thir- week three, week three. The Dems are just giving us material, giving us content. So Pete Buttigieg, Mr. McKinsey, Mr. Uh, Mr. Consultant, has bit the bullet. He was on Meet the Press this morning. Um, it was Biden followed by him talking to uh, Chuck Todd. He was he was set to meet with uh, with Jimmy Carter. He spent a little time in Georgia campaigning for Super Tuesday, and around uh, three p.m. Central, said, um, "Cut my uh, suspending my campaign." So Pete Buttigieg, he's out. And then um, earlier in the week, we also lost Tom Steyer, billionaire candidate, never really got above two and a half percent in the polls. Has also subsequently dropped out. So, cutting the wheat from the chaff. Well, I don't think that's why the Tom Steyer is cuck of the week. The the video, I would say, is more cuck of the week worthy. Would you want to explain that? Are we still going here? What? <laughs> I, just, I just, I just don't want to explain the Tom Steyer video because I've always seen it once. I've never seen it. Oh, you haven't? It's basically him dancing to what was it? Back that up, that ass up. Yeah, <laughs> we lost Dan. I haven't seen. It. I just. I heard it. And go go look it Austin, up. Okay. It's very very cringe worthy video. I don't think dropping out of the race is necessarily cuck of the week worthy, but back that thing up, not <laughs> so. And we, he like juvenile, juvenile uh, endorsed him in what is that South Carolina? Juvenile, not not great. He's he's worse than Connor at backing horses in the political race. <laughs> Wait, I'm good. Who, who let? What happened? <laughs> Juvenile endorsed, um, endorsed Tom Steyer in the uh, race. Juvenile, huh? Who's juvenile? He sings back that thing up. <laughs> okay, I know that's a person. <laughs> Come on, Connor, get get uh, your early two thousands up. Uh, Rap artist down. All right, so Steyer, he's out and backing it up. And then our final cuck of the week is uh, we talked about Wilder Fury this week. And then uh, Monday, um, Wilder came out and said the reason he lost was because his, his like, uh, what do you call it? Black Knight 
Garb? uniform that he wore. Black Panther. Is it Black Panther? I don't think it was Black Panther, but anyways, you said it was over 40 pounds, and he didn't know that it would be that heavy, and his legs were gone the whole time that he was uh, that he was fighting. And Easily one of the more ridiculous excuses for a fighting loss. I think that just getting pounded in the head uh, by Fury played into it, really. Which just seems ridiculous. I feel like just classic, you just got to keep your mouth. Even if you do believe that's true, you just got to keep your mouth shut at that point. You just got to know that's going to come off as bitchy as fuck. Very cuckworthy, I think. You have anything else to add? Uh, this is, comes in a long line of, of boxers putting out bullshit excuses for losing a fight. But most, the worst one I ever heard, Roberto Duran once consumed a hot bowl of soup and then immediately drank a cup of, cold cup of water and said it threw up his like equilibrium. And that, that was, was the reason for his ass. The no moss fight versus uh, no Ray. So. So not the first one to make an ex- a ridiculous, ridiculous excuse for losing a fight, but definitely not the last either. All right. So who are we giving it to? Tough, tough choices, honestly. I'm between Steyer um, and Wilder. I'll go Steyer. I'll say Steyer, I guess. All right. Tom Steyer gets one last uh, look in the limelight. <laughs> Aaron has been disconnected, but he also votes Steyer, he said. So <laughs> we're going Steyer. It's a clean sweep. Weird ass dancing and dropping out of the right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll uh, we'll get back next week, assuming we don't die off from the uh, the coronavirus. <laughs> Peace. Stay healthy.